With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. No, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. All right, Purple Daily, presented by Surly Emergency Episode here, also presented in part by TCL TVs. For watching Vikings games without Jim Harbaugh as the head coach on them, TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Uh, welcome in to this emergency episode. We've been on Harbaugh Watch all day here, actually really like all week. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, our executive producer. We are live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel right now. Please click subscribe and the like button to spread the word about this show. And gentlemen, here is the breaking news. According to Adam Schefter... He tweets after, what, an eight- or nine-hour interview. Apparently, Jim Harbaugh was on the same schedule as Pat Graham was yesterday. So, like, nine hours of meetings with the Minnesota Vikings today. And Schefter tweets, Jim Harbaugh called Michigan to inform the school that, despite interviewing with the Vikings today, he will be returning to school for the 2022 season, sources tell ESPN. Michigan was, in the words of one source, elated to get Harbaugh's decision. Jim Harbaugh told the athletic director that this would not be a recurring issue and he would stay at Michigan as long as the school wants him to, according to sources. Sure, a lot more information is going to come out over the next few hours and the next couple days. Jim Harbaugh will not be the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Your thoughts? Um. Wow, what a day. What a day, what a day, what a day. And this, this is why you can never assume that things are going to to get done, despite the fact that it appears at times that um, it might be going in that direction. I am hearing that he walked away, that he got done and walked away and said, I'm going home. Bye. So, so, so the Vikings didn't, Vikings didn't reject him. Right. So like he broke up with us, he broke up with, he broke up with us. And so I don't even know that it got to a contractual. Now here, here's the question. Was there a cause of the breakup? Did, did it get to a contractual discussion? Did, did so they push weird. him too far on questions about the past? Don't know on that. Uh, but it sounds like um, it sounds like he basically said, I am going home. I'm going back to my old job. And I guess the question is this. And, and I mean, this was put out on Twitter by a lot of very smart fans because they, they're used to this. Did we simply once again just get used? I mean, I don't like, is he going back to an offer that was increased because he did this? 
I don't think I know people are probably going to who knows there's going to be more information that comes out here but he is so weird. <laughs> yeah. And I and despite all the different red flags and oddities about his personality, I'll admit I was in on him. I was in on him. Like oh, sure. especially yeah. talking to Alex Boone for and by the way, thanks to all of you guys for making the Alex Boone episode of Purple Daily the most listened to episode in the history of Purple Daily yesterday. He spent 45 minutes explaining A, why he loves Jim Harbaugh, but B, why he can be a little bit abrasive and tough to work with sometimes. And like, despite hearing all the pros and cons, I was in on Jim Harbaugh yesterday. Mm-hmm. But he's such an unpredictable, just odd guy. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's not that shocking that after eight or nine, like the whole time this is being painted as he wants the job, which I believe that he did. And I've heard Dude. that he did. It was painted like that. And it was always being painted as, like, if the Wilfs can get some questions answered. But apparently Harbaugh wanted some questions answered, maybe about the roster, maybe about the contract, maybe about Kirk Cousins. Is it possible that the Vikings said, hey, man, so uh, we're going to take a step back in 2022. We're going to strip the salary cap back a little bit here by by trading Kirk Cousins. And, you know, not that we're going to tank, but. This is definitely more of like a 2023-24 thing. And he said, eh, I'm 58 years old. I don't mm-hmm. got time for taking a step back. I mean, that's a possibility. No. Was Do you think he was straight up using the Vikings? I don't. I didn't feel that way initially. But, I mean, if we find out subsequently now that he was, certainly wouldn't be shocked. Um, you would have to sell everybody on your intention of leaving to successfully use your current employer. So. At this point in time, not knowing more, I'm going to leave the door open for any one of a, of uh, of the potential um, end results here. But yeah, I, I mean, look, he did a very good job of Phil because I, I think we all agreed we thought he wants this job, and you know he bowed out now. So mm-hmm. it, if you said half ass, ah, I'm gonna, you know, I might go to the Vikings, your current employer would be like, oh, okay you know, see what you can do. Um, but he did a very good job of saying, I want a Super Bowl. I want to go to the National Football League. I want the Vikings job. Uh, did Quazy get used a bit? Perhaps. Um, I need more to play out before I certainly absolve him in this case. But again, I don't think that there's any end result that truly shocks you. Yeah. You know, the the main reasons why the Vikings would have said no are probably price let's say this 100 million dollar 10-year thing that was being floated about the the bears and the raiders conversations if that's true i think the vikings probably balk at that especially because they're paying at least for the next two years over 10 million dollars a year for the guys they just fired i think the second reason why the vikings would have said no is personality and the way things ended in san francisco and the way things got a little bit weird and are still kind of weird at michigan did the vikings Let's say it was more personality. I mean, I'm sure the Vikings spent a lot of time today asking difficult questions about the way that Harbaugh had a falling out with the front office, the, you know, some of the things that the players were saying on and off the record at the end of his stint. Mm-hmm. Is it possible that he was, I don't know, I don't know if offended is the right word, but just kind of like, I don't want to have to answer these questions. I, I'm Jim Harbaugh. I'm 44 and 19 as a head coach. You know, on the Harbaugh side, 
I don't know. Maybe he doesn't love. Maybe he doesn't love the roster as much after having this conversation. Maybe he's like, I don't know. You don't have any cap space. If you're planning on trading Kirk Cousins and starting over a quarterback, there's no guarantees that I'm going to have a guy that knows what he's doing in 2022 or 23. Sure. You definitely need 40 percent of a new offensive line, and you got a bunch of 30 year olds on defense. I don't know. He's a weird guy. <laughs> and oh, he's definitely. A uh, odd duck, but we also don't know. And, and I mean, this is the one thing that we fought. We have no clue what the intention of the of as they build things here with the intention of the current group now is for this team. Like, are they going to try and run things back? Are they going to release guys left and right? Are they going to trade Kirk? We don't know anything right now about what Quazy wants to do here. And and I'm guessing that if you're a coach and you're not in love with what his philosophies and views are, which I'm sure he articulate articulates well to the um, to the candidates, you know what you might say? Oh, that's not what I think. And look, the Wolves, beyond a shadow of a doubt, in my opinion, have painted themselves into a corner, right or wrong, by their by what Mark Wolf said after Spielman and Mike were fired January 10th. And that is, we are going to have a collaborative process here. We're going to share thoughts. We're not going to. And there is no sport like football. Like football, football often works, I think, in F-bombs being volleyed back and forth, in people not talking. And so you're going to, if, if there's going to see through what they have declared is the goal now, post Spielman and Zim, um, it's going to take, a chemistry that that crazy might be great with people, but I mean, this is a volatile sport. So you're going to, if you truly want to perfect what they're talking about, you're going to have to get the right people in place. And if you don't within two years, you're going to be right back to MF bombs being hurled around yeah. the building too. So that's a whole nother. I mean, there's a lot of things here at, at work as they redo the structure and the culture of what they want. So we'll get to the three remaining finalists here in a moment because there's it's a really interesting mixed bag of candidates now, right? It's Raheem Morris, it's Pat Graham, who spent nine hours at the Vikings facility yesterday, and it's Kevin O'Connell. And we'll get and we'll get to that in this conversation. I'm guessing probably it's possible tomorrow. You know, word could leak out that the Vikings have a new coach. Sure, but just to keep you know putting a bow on this Jim Harbaugh thing, do you think? And I hate to say the Vikings are making a mistake because it sounds like it's possible Harbaugh just didn't want to be. Now, now, did they lowball him a little bit and he realized, ah, I just, uh, ah, as Alex Boone would do the impression, ah, you know, I just, ah, I'm feeling it. If the, if the Vikings did have some say in whether, if it was their choice at all and, and Jim just, you know, didn't, didn't love the offer or whatever it was, do you think the Vikings are making a mistake? by letting Jim get back on a plane going to Michigan here? Like, if Jim Harbaugh is not the coach of the Vikings, will they regret it? Um, no, I don't, because I, cause I don't know what direction that they want to go. And Jim Harbaugh could step in here and win. Like, he wins. Um, the problem is, and, and I continued to say this, this would have been great fun. Like it would have been fun to cover. It would have been fun to, to watch. It might have gone up, gone up eventually in absolute flames. But it would have been fun. Mm -hmm. The issue is this for the for the long term health of the Vikings. Was this the best move? I don't know about that. 
And so, no, I am not going to, to say, well, now you got three guys. I, I'm who knows. There are so many question marks about all four guys and now three who, who appear to be finalists for this job that there were pros to, to Harbaugh and cons. But I am not going to be the guy to, to say, well, they screwed the pooch here. Because I don't know if you got uh, three years in, right, Phil? And like now it's starting to dissolve again. And Har- Harbaugh is now demanding more um, say on who's on the roster and, and not. That's basically, in some ways, going back to square one. So, no, I think that this was a very interesting um, courtship. I think that it was fun. And I do think ultimately him being coach would have been fun for us. But I don't think that this is some momentous mistake that is going to cost the Vikings a title. And there are unanswered questions with everybody who is left on their list. So I don't think I don't think they're going to regret this. And again, I, it, you know, it, it's possible that this was just straight up Jim Harbaugh's choice. And you're hearing that it was that he walked away and it, it wasn't that you know, like the Vikings decided we aren't we aren't happy with your answers. I'm sure the Vikings are going to have their own side of what happened today. But Jim Harbaugh of these four finalists, Raheem Morris, Kevin O'Connell and Pat Graham. Gives you the absolute best percentage chance to win a bunch of games. Is there a chance Kevin O'Connell could be the next Sean McVay type? He's he's part of that coaching tree? Absolutely, right? I think Raheem Morris has wonderful leadership traits. The fact that he won, people look at that time in Tampa Bay from 12 years ago as like a failure. He was in his early 30s with a stripped-down roster and payroll after all these veteran players left Tampa Bay after the John Gruden era. They were actively trying to lose and provide losing framework, and he still won 10 games one year. Right? Like, I'm really curious about Raheem Morris. Pat Graham, more of an unknown. But Jim Harbaugh has a 44-19 and record as an NFL coach, three straight NFC championship games. It was 10 years ago. The league is different than it was 10 years ago. But if you're ranking the three coaches based on probability of winning a bunch of games in the NFL, he is number one among the finalists with an absolute bullet. The other thing I would say is if you look ar- across all 32 teams right now, and there's still a bunch of vacancies, but there's only five head coaches in the NFL right now that were hired before 2017. So it shows you, A, how much turnover there is in the NFL, and B, how many of these coordinators, the hot up-and-coming coordinator, the, the Matt Nagy, right? These guys that you see, almost all of them fail. Almost all of the Pat Grahams and Kevin O'Connells who've never been head coaches before, like 80 to 90% of them fail. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh, I think there's such a very little chance of him failing in the first two or three years. Like he would have found a way to, now maybe it was a four-year shelf life thing. But I think you're looking at four and five-year windows anyways in today's NFL. You know, it's really hard to find a Mike Tomlin. It's hard to, like Bill Belichick, right? Like John Harbaugh, sure. those are the exceptions. So I guess to sum up my point here, I do think he's the one that got away from the standpoint of he's a proven winner. I think he would have won you games. But I'm also intrigued by the, by the idea of a young general manager, forward-thinking, innovative, bring in a Kevin O'Connell, bring in a Raheem Morris, and don't feel as much pressure to win at all costs in 2022 and build for a three- to five-year window with – really 0% chance of like organizational volatility with Jim Harbaugh. There is right. 
a great chance of some sort of falling out or some sort of weird rift in the organization. So I'm I'm sort of mourning this, but I'm also really intrigued by the possibility of these other three candidates, knowing that there's a good chance that those three candidates are going to fail, like based just based on the percentage that we've seen across the league. I'm mourning it more from a personal standpoint of of the fun that it would have been to see him coach than from the Vikings standpoint. In some ways, I feel like if he walked away tonight, it's better he walks away now that then he gets a, a year or two in and it's like, why did I take this job, right? Which is Which a guy like this can do. So from a personal standpoint of what it would have meant, I'm sad about it. But from the Viking standpoint, if I'm them, they very well might have dodged a bullet here in, in the sense that I'd you'd much prefer he, he said, you know what, I, I just don't like this job or I don't want this job. And here's why. Um, but I do think that that we can unearth the the at least reckless speculation, speculation reasons why he might have walked away if he truly did. Uh, and one is that he flat out used the team that he basically thought I can get more money from Michigan. If I, if I sell this good and he sold it good. The other one though, and this is the fun path is uh, because we don't know a thing about Quasi yet. Like we don't know what he's going to do. We don't know what he likes. We just don't know. There's no tells yet. Um, if during the course of the conversations though, because from Phil, what, what you said a couple days back, Jim Harbaugh came in very prepared. Like he had looked at the roster. He had done a lot of vetting of it. So like he definitely knew what, what he wanted and was talking about. The second thing that gets into a really interesting situation is if Jim Harbaugh said something in, in particular about a roster or to hone this down a little bit more, the quarterback. Um, If Jim said, okay, here's the deal. We got to redo Kirk. We got to extend Kirk because I want Kirk. And Quazy said, oh, ho, 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 hold on a second, Jimbo. Hold on a second. We're moving on from Kirk. Um, and, and so I would love to know, and we, we obviously are not going to find this out in the coming days, but I would love to know what caused him to walk away if it did involve the current team, and especially if it involved a conversation about the plan at quarterback, because that's mm-hmm. his thing, right? Quarterback whisperer, he, he's the guy. Yeah. And if he had said, I think Kirk is going to be – I can work with that. And Quasi said, that's the one thing. We ain't going to do that anymore. What's, fun, what's funny, though, let, let's say, and again, this is all we're right now, we're sort of in the uh, educated speculation. Like it's a blend between educated and reckless speculation right, like right now. We're, we're right in the line here. Okay. But because in just, and just to reset this for the audience, because we, we have a ton of people here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel that have joined us here. And if, and if you are, thank you so much. Please click the subscribe button and the like button so we can spread the word about. This Vikings community here, Purple Daily, and uh, I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. That's that's the motto here every day on this show. And uh, you know, finding a head coach is a, is a good step in the right direction. They they haven't yet. If you're just joining, Jim Harbaugh, according to now multiple reports, will not be. And according to Judd, I mean Judd is independently confirming this too. Um, he will not be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He has informed Michigan he's going back. And he plans to be at Michigan as long as they want him, according to Adam Schefter. So on the quarterback front, if there was – because I do think – I've heard within the organization that even before the GM search, that their preference would be to trade Kirk Cousins. Not that they are like, you know, 
wildly disappointed in him. They just it's it's been a four year window. They missed their window. He's too expensive. He's thirty four years old. They're in cap hell. The, even before they hired a GM and a coach, they were ready to move on organizationally. Okay. Quasey comes in. We don't exactly know his thoughts, but I think he probably, from an analytic standpoint, probably looks at Kirk as having some deficiencies, third and long deficiencies. Uh, he's He ranks pretty low in like expected points, which is mm-hmm. another analytic the teams use. Probably wants to clear cap space. If Jim Harbaugh balked at the idea of dealing Kirk Cousins, it's kind of funny because his greatest success in San Francisco was molding a young second-round quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. And Colin Kaepernick, he's he molded Andrew Luck at Stanford. He's been he's had a couple brilliant experiences molding young quarterbacks. Declan, you got something? Yeah, I got some from Tom Pelissero here. A little breaking news: uh, the Vikings are zeroing in on Rams OC Kevin O'Connell as their next head coach. Sources tell me in rap sheet the deal can't wow. be finalized until after the Super Bowl. Wow. Adam Schefter has it too. Kevin O'Connell has emerged as the favorite. In Minnesota, according to ESPN and Ian Rappaport, they all have the same information right now. So, all right, so breaking. And, Dex, if you want to, at the end of this, if, if you want to separate this into two or whatever episodes, we can talk shop after the show. But uh, I thought we were going to do this episode tomorrow, the, uh, the, the, the new coach. But here we go. We're live, baby. <laughs> Never called plays, but maybe he's good at it. Zach Taylor. Wow. Kevin O'Connell is going to be the new Minnesota Vikings head coach. So so I'm get, getting some stuff in real time here. Um what it sounds <laughs> Now 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 take this for what it's worth, okay? Yeah. But it sounds like Harbaugh might have sensed he wasn't going to get the job and took himself out and said I'm out. How does okay how does that all happen? Like well, he sent he, like he he was oh, no. interview he he spent nine hours with them. And well, was there and part a of it had to go well, right? It's nine did hours. He, did he catch like one of the wilfs like over their shoulder sending a I love text know. to Kevin O'Connell? I Quasi, exactly. you know? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I will say this though. So so if O'Connell is a choice uh, to be head coach, it sounds like Graham is friends with O'Connell and Quasi. Yeah. And Grant and Graham right now has a standing offer to return to the Giants where he was with Joe Judge to be on Dable's staff and be the, the DC there. He has an offer from Mike Tomlin to take over in Pittsburgh as the DC, and it won't surprise me a bit if the Vikings now try and and get him for the same job. And the one thing that the Wilfs have consistently done is that they will pay assistants really well. Yeah. So I wonder if they're shooting for a staff of O'Connell. And Graham and Graham is going to come in now and run the defense and be be like an assistant head coach or something. Be given another title as well. Yeah, Dan Graziano with some more information here. The Vikings have called other candidates to inform them that they're out of the running. The deal with O'Connell can't be officially finalized until after the Super Bowl, so we have to wait for official word. So the Vikings might not comment on this publicly for two weeks, right? They or can't put out a pre- they can't put out a release. Yeah, right. Yep. So. So there you have it. Okay. Amazing. The Minnesota Vikings, their organization is now being run by a 40-year-old, innovative, former Wall Street trader in Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell, the, what, 37-year-old? 36, 37-year-old? 36, offensive, I believe, yes. Offensive coordinator 
for the Los Angeles Rams. Yes. And I am not as hung up on the play calling thing as some people are. There's examples around the league, you know, well, actually the apples to apples example is Zach Taylor, right? I mean, Zach Taylor was, was not even a coordinator, not even a Correct. coordinator with McVay. 36. And, uh, and he's obviously coaching in a Super Bowl in a week and a half from right now. Mm-hmm. So this coaching tree is so interesting. You could already make a case that the Sean McVay coaching tree within like five years has more success stories than Bill Belichick's coaching tree in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, Belichick's coaching tree, who? It's not good. Who's the, I mean, Bill O'Brien, who's the most successful? Brian Flores and Bill O'Brien, they're, you know, 500 coaches? Yeah, it's a, it's a mess. That coaching and, tree is a mess. This is what Matt Lafleur's on, on this coaching tree, um, Zach Taylor, um, uh, Chargers, uh, Brandon, Brand uh, Staley, Brand Staley. Mm-hmm. Mister Go for it. Um, I want to pump the brakes a little on that. Kings was was, <laughs> was Cliff Kingsbury a friend a friend with? Um, yeah, he got coffee with him one time. Yeah, McVay, but he he's like. he's not really on the tree tree. So, but yeah, this is going to be so so. This guy has been, uh, I believe, it's quarterbacks coach for, or I'm sorry, the OC for the Rams for two years now, and. The most interesting thing about his background was he was his first year in Washington with, with the now um, commanders. He was the quarterbacks coach for Kirk cousins. Yes. And what's interesting about it is, and this might mean nothing. Okay. So I'm not throwing stones here, but it's actually one of Kirk's statistically worst seasons. It's not a great year for Kirk. Uh, And then Kirk obviously signed with the Vikings in 2018 O'Connell was promoted um, to quarterbacks coach slash passing game coordinator and then was the OC in Washington in 19. And then after that season got blown out because in 19, Jay Gruden got fired during the season. Yeah. And so O'Connell then went and joined McVay in 2020. So what do you think this means? Let's start with the quarterback spot. There's two ways to look at this. Number one, oh, he was Kirk's quarterbacks coach in Washington in 2017. They found someone with a specific connection to the current franchise quarterback. They can rekindle that relationship, restructure Kirk's contract. Maybe it's a three-year deal or restructure. And and now the Vikings have finally found an offensive-minded head coach with some leadership traits that we don't know much about yet. And, and he's going to take Kirk Cousins in this offense to the next level. The other way to look at it is, okay, this is a this is a great opportunity to strip things down a little bit here, trade Kirk Cousins in a, a in a market in which there's going to be nine or ten teams probably looking to trade for or acquire a quarterback upgrade of some kind, cash in on the demand by getting a first round pick or a second round pick for Kirk Cousins, save thirty five million in cap space, and then look for your quarterback of the future. Maybe it's the guy that's been turning heads at the Senior Bowl this week, Malik Willis. Maybe it's someone in the 2023 draft. Find a new bridge quarterback like a Marcus Mariota or somebody, and you basically start over at quarterback with a three-year grace period. What do you think? What do you think Kevin O'Connell means for the for the future of this offense? I think if these guys work, and because they're both young, if they work like the young executives do in baseball, Phil, I think what we have to do is take the heated, passionate portion of the thought process out. Um, And so I think that they will look at at this long and and hard. But I think where you start with your question is this. Kwesi starts making phone calls about Kirk. 
to see what the return is possibly. Because if you've got bidding, like if you can bid Kirk up and a guy like Quazy and O'Connell can get, let's say, a first round pick. I don't think that people that age who think like I think they do are going to, to be like, oh, no, no, no. Um, Quazy, this has got to be, this has to be Kirk. Like I need Kirk. So I think what you're going to see, and not just with Kirk, the entire decision on the roster. So I'm talking to Neil Hunter. I'm talking Thielen. I'm talking Kendricks, yeah. Harrison Smith. I think you're going to see a smart, calculated, some will call it cold, decision-making process on common sense, uh, on statistics, analytics. Um, I don't think we're going to see the, um, I think we can win a Super Bowl with Kirk. Mm -hmm. And I won't be surprised if Kirk is moved because I don't think the new guard thinks in the terms of got to win now and can win with Kirk. I think the new guard thinks, what's the best for our team? And what's the way to set a foundation that gives us the best chance long-term as well? Yes. How yep. about that? And I, yeah, I, and I think that's the right approach. And I know that, that so many fans, and I get it, and the ownership wants to do this too. It's, it's all about how can you maximize the next year, the next year, right? And the Vikings, they can always do wizardry with the cap because we have Rob Brzezinski around these parts. But the cap always catches up, and you're kind of seeing that the last couple of years. You know, the Vikings have the Vikings have like twenty five million dollars in dead cap this last season, which means players that you are cutting or otherwise swallowing dead money for them to not play for you. So you can you can you know you can keep trying year after year to shove money down the road, but if if they were to take an actual breather in 2022, and you can take a breather like the Eagles did. And still make the playoffs because there's seven playoff teams, right? So you could actually take a step forward, grab the seven seed while you're rebuilding. I mean, hell, the Bengals were still supposed to be rebuilding. They made it the Super Bowl. You're absolutely right. Yes. But if you if you take a step back and you really aim for 2023, you're going to walk into 2023 offseason with like $80 million in salary cap space to bring a couple blue chip free agents in. Mm -hmm. You might have a couple extra draft picks if you trade veterans like Kirk Cousins. So, like... My excitement for this franchise goes beyond 2022. It's 2023-24 if you do it the right way. And Kevin O'Connell has a really interesting background. For those of you who aren't familiar, and if you're just joining us, you're on this live Purple Daily stream on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Um, by the way, presented by TCL, presented by Surly. Thanks to them for, for powering this show. He's 36 years old. He is a former third-round pick. He was he was a starting quarterback at San Diego State, and he was drafted, I believe, by the Patriots in two thousand eight. Yes. Third-round pick, I think, of the Patriots. Yep. So he Bounce spent around. he spent a year as a backup with Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, and uh, Matt Castle, and then he bounced around to a bunch of different teams: Lions, Jets, Dolphins, Jets again in two thousand eleven. So he has played for Bill Belichick, for Rex Ryan. Um, North Turner, maybe was he still there in 2012 with the Chargers? And then as a coach, he was the quarterbacks coach immediately. His first coaching job was quarterbacks coach for the Cleveland Browns in 2015, and then he worked on special projects for the 49ers, which is where he met Quasey in 2016, and then became the quarterbacks coach for Washington in 2017 with Kirk Cousins. Kirk leaves. He stays at Washington. And eventually becomes the offensive coordinator in 2019 before going to the Rams. And so he has working relationships in his football life with Bill Belichick, 
Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Rex Ryan, um, Kirk Cousins, and obviously Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. And I think there might be there might be a Kyle Shanahan connection in there somewhere, but they might have also missed each other. So, you know, he's just he's got a lot of interesting pieces of his history that he can kind of pull from here as he builds his own career now as a head coach of the Vikings. This feels a lot more like probably what the Wilfs intended, right? Like this feels like um, not just to go young, but more cooperative Two guys who go back to, to the days in San Fran, but one certainly was not head coach at the time. And so this is, and I'm, I'm not saying it's going to work, but this does feel like what they were after um, when Mike and Rick left, which was not, you know, a hard-nosed head coach. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be a problem for a long time with with feuding here for sure. I'm sure there's going to be disagreements, but those can be worked out. My guess is, and to again quote what Mark Wolf talked about back on January 10th, I think the amount of like-mindedness here is going to be very, very um, cohesive and on the same page. So this does feel, when when those two were fired, this feels like what they were after. Harbaugh, again, to me, sounded like great fun, but it didn't necessarily feel like what they were after. Um, This one, this one does not surprise me a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now this is, uh, it's, wow, it's amazing. Vikings have a new head coach, and now all sorts of questions are going to be up in the air over the next and few months wait. or so. Yeah. I will say this, all right? I I was intrigued by Raheem Morris, and Jim Harbaugh is just a totally different animal. But if you're just looking to take a gamble on potentially the most innovative offensive mind, it would be an offensive mind from the Sean McVay coaching tree, right? Yes and someone who also spent time with the Patriots as a player. So I love the fact that they have gone back to the offensive side of the ball with these weapons. Like Justin Jefferson is such a rare Hall of Fame caliber talent, and I know it's been two years. Yes, I think he's a Hall of Fame caliber talent. And so the Vikings' most successful eras of football over the last like 25, 30 years have been turning those stadiums, the Metrodome mostly in 1998 and 2009, into a track meet and just running up scores on teams. And I'd, I'd like for them to get back to that style of football. Not that you can't play some defense, but, like, don't be afraid to beat someone by 20 points. It's literally been, like, like the last four years, the Vikings have, like, one 20-point victory or two or something. Right. It's ridiculous. So, God, use that stadium. Use the noise to your advantage. Use the fast surface and play some offensive football with your weapons the next few years and get innovative. Stop playing 1996 offensive football with the Kubiaks and Zimmer. Also develop a quarterback, develop a quarterback and get those five years of cost control because that is where you, you yep. make hay and, and build a team. So how, how did we get here? I think that there's two guys that, that we could point directly at that the Vikings are pilfering ideas from and stealing. Zach Taylor's ascension, which is, look, on the back of Joe Burrow, but everybody deserves credit for that, definitely intrigued them because, to your point earlier, Phil, he came from the Rams after they won or after they lost to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. He was named coach of the Bengals and they sort of swallowed hard and stunk, but it worked out perfect. Go what? Two and 14 in 2019. And if I'm not mistaken, I looked this up a couple of days ago. 
Uh, Zach Taylor um, tried to call plays in Cincinnati immediately and then has turned that job over eventually. And I do want to get back to that. The other guy from the McVay tree, no question, Matt LaFleur. Now, LaFleur went and was the OC, I think, for a year with the Titans before he got hired by the Packers. But he came from from McVay's tree, and he has called plays the the entire time. Now, he calls them for a guy who's, you know, going to go in uh, to Canton on the first ballot with ease in Rodgers. But uh, I'm sure in watching Matt LaFleur work, and he's done a very, you know, good job. The quarterback helps a lot, but he's definitely done a good job. Uh, The Vikings were somewhat envious and jealous, but I want to get back to the play calling thing because it's not the fact that O'Connell doesn't call plays that concerns me. It's, is he going to want to? Um, I would prefer to see a young coach, offensive minded coach, certainly have his uh, fingerprints on the game plan and have a ton of ideas and play a major role in the development of the quarterback on game day especially if you don't have a veteran QB. If I'm right about Taylor, I think it's a very good idea to hire an OC that you really, really trust. And that on game day, especially at that age in your first head coaching job, allow yourself the ability to run the game without being focused solely on one thing. In this case, the play card. Agreed. I don't have it in front of me, but I saw a chart on Twitter a couple weeks back and it showed just how many coaches call plays either on the offensive or defensive side of the ball. And it's like it's like two-thirds or three-quarters of the league, if not more, calls plays. It just doesn't seem like the most effective way to go about it. I love the John Harbaugh way of going about it where you are, and, and you know, has he made a couple mistakes here and there maybe by being too aggressive going for it late in games, but like he's in tune with the big picture of game management and timeout management and, okay, if this if this play doesn't go well and it gets to fourth down, are we going to go for it? Here we are. You know, defensive play callers don't even get me freaking started because like now you don't even now you don't even have time to go and like meet with your offense between plays. It's like that's why I'm Zimmer. Get out of here. I I'm with you. I don't think it's I don't think it's a red flag that he didn't call plays, and I don't think that he necessarily needs to call. We'll see who the offensive coordinator candidates are, but. You know, should he have a big say in crafting the offense and being hands-on, and should he be maybe meeting with the starting quarterback more than, like, 45 minutes on a Thursday begrudgingly? Yes. Um, And, again, we don't know, is he going to hire a veteran offensive coordinator? Is it going to be a bunch of 35-year-olds running this whole organization? I don't know. But, yeah, I would love to see someone take a more big-picture approach to coaching on Sundays and not feel the need to control play calling, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, just to reset here again, this is Purple Daily. A lot of people joining us here early on this uh, Wednesday evening. Purple after dark because the sun has gone down. And we, we kind of thought, well, we'll put the Jim Harbaugh thing to bed because he's not going to be the coach. And then we can kind of get to the rest of them. And like within five minutes, Tom Pelissero, our old buddy, had uh, Kevin O'Connell as the next Vikings head coach. So I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. We got Declan Goff, our executive producer. And we can answer your questions, too, as, you, as uh, we're popping them up on the screen here from the the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Let me ask you guys this, and we'll get to some of these questions too. And please click the subscribe button and the like button. Audience, we would just, we'd we'd love to help spread the word about the show. And and you guys have just made this into such a great community of Vikings fans over the past couple years. And we thank you for that. Um, What is the, objectively, what is the percent chance 
that Kevin O'Connell is a legitimate, like, badass, awesome coach that's going to stick around for more than five years? 55%. I'll put the coin flip, and I'll, I'll say it in the swing that, it, that he is, because I don't think we can necessarily say he isn't. But it's a complete yes. I, I, it's a coin flip right now, and it's 55%. He could be. A lot of people, I know Matt LaFleur had a little bit more as an OC, but like Packer, Packer fans and other people were like, who the hell is Matt LaFleur when he got hired by Green Bay? This is going to be the guy that runs, for, runs things for Aaron Rodgers. Now, he hits his wagon to one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And to Judd's point, too, about Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, like Zach Taylor, if you just look at his record, especially going into this season, you're like, how the hell is this guy still the head coach? He was won like six games in two years, and now he's on the back of Joe Burrow, and they are a, they win the Super Bowl uh, in 10 days' time. So I, I would say for O'Connell, if he obviously is indeed the guy, it's about a 55% chance. That's where mm-hmm. I'm at. I got one question for your question, Mr. Mackey. Mm-hmm. Who is his quarterback? Because I think w- Malik Willis. Then I think he's got a very good chance. Then, then I think it's um, got to mold him. Then I think it's yeah. But I mean, if you get a, they're going to draft, they're going to draft a quarterback now. But if you got a young Watch. quarterback that you can mold and and has that ability, then I think it's you know sixty percent, which mm-hmm. which in coaching is probably really good. Uh, but that's the question to me. That the the whole question because like if you go back and you say okay Matt Lafleur, I'm going to give you, I don't know oh, Cleveland. You go call plays for Baker. Um, it doesn't mean he's going to fail, but I think it becomes much more dicey. And and like Stefanski now, it's like on top of the world, coach of the year. Uh, that guy's seat is getting hot now, right? Yeah. So I really think the answer to your question with a percentage is very simple. Who's your quarterback? Yeah, and that's, you, and that's probably I mean, that's, the right answer. That's the only thing. If your quarterback is Daniel Jones, you're getting fired. <laughs> yeah. If your quarterback's Kirk Cousins. You might get fired, like Mike Zimmer did. Of course, Mike Same. Zimmer didn't pour any energy into making Kirk better. Um, I, I think, yeah, obviously it depends on the quarterback. I, I, I'm I'm with Dax. It's kind of a coin flip. It's yeah. pro- Objectively, it's probably less than that, just based on the success rate. Most coordinators are not successful, and then they go back. And, 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 it, and there's probably a pattern of they got saddled with a bad quarterback or they whiffed in the draft and they start over. And I don't think Vikings fans should be afraid of that. These are swings they have to take. They have yes. to. T- they had to take a swing on an offensive-minded coach, ideally, leader first, but offensive was was right there next to it. And they have to take a swing at a potential young franchise quarterback with a bunch of upside that has a team-friendly, you know, five-year rookie-scale contract. That's how you win a Super Bowl. More often than not, you don't win a Super Bowl by paying great money to good quarterbacks or above-average quarterbacks. And I know that Rob Brzezinski's been a wizard with the cap, but Kirk's contract has been a huge problem the last couple of years when it comes to roster building. You know, they, they they couldn't get in on some of the top free agents, so they had to go to the bargain bin for guys like Bashad Breeland. So you might have to take a step back at quarterback and a step forward or two or three with your roster. Here's a couple more things coming in, too, via Johnny K at The Athletic. We'll start with this one. For what it's worth, I'm told the Vikings did not make an offer to Harbaugh before he left town, that coincides with what Judd has been reporting on this show, which is that it was Harbaugh that walked away. And uh, Albert Breer is reporting some people in D.C. when O'Connell was with Washington called him Tall McVeigh and uh, thought he might actually replace Jay Gruden in Washington before Gruden's final team faltered. So 
He's been earmarked, uh, earmarked as wow. a future head coach for a while. Even in his early 30s, he was being earmarked by some around the league as a future head coach. Interesting. Totally Tall McVay. Interesting. Tall, yeah. Tall McVay. I, I, you know, I mean, I think that we all would have liked to have seen a guy like this call plays. I don't think not calling plays uh, certainly is a downfall of, well, then you can't coach. Um, but he's a young guy. And, and I mean, there's, there are young guys who get these jobs who are outstanding, right? Mike Tomlin was a kid, basically. What was he, 34, something ridiculous? McVay was like 32. Um, but then the, the flip side is a guy like Kubiak, who's asked to be the OC at, what, 34 and completely fails. This guy sounds like he's got a lot more oomph than a guy like that did. Um, but I do think, I just, I really think that this is right or wrong, what the Vikings wanted direction-wise. Mm-hmm. I think that they they basically wanted to, and now they have, taken a deep breath and reset, and they didn't want old, crusty Mike, get off my lawn, Zimmer, and they didn't want Spielman and his football-y, football-side cliche thing. Um, it's going to be a very different team. And and that's why I now firmly believe that roster is going to look different. I don't think there's any intention now of, well, we got some good players here. I think the intention is, Phil, to your point, you're probably right. There's going to be a thought, well, we could possibly sneak in uh, as the seventh seed or something like that. I think you're right about that. But I also think that there's going to be a definite thought of we need to hit a reset and and do it in a way that's going to remold and rebuild this team, uh, which again is while I go back to I don't think O'Connell's previous association with Kirk means Kirk stays. Yep, I agree with that. Bruce Feldman, college football insider, he says I got to know Kevin O'Connell while working on the QB book. He was helping prep Johnny Manziel, Logan Thomas, and Mike Evans for the draft. I was around him every day. I came away convinced he's either going to be a big star as a TV analyst or a big star in coaching. So another another nugget there from someone who spent some time around Kevin O'Connell. Are you guys, let's start with Dex here. Are you guys generally happy or okay with, now that the process has played out, they had their list of eight finalist coaches, added a ninth and a 10th with Pat Graham and Jim Harbaugh. So they wound up interviewing like 10 different coaches or something. Are you guys generally happy with their process to get to Kevin O'Connell? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, I I think that they did their due diligence that they did like eight interviews initially. You know, they had, they had a bunch of, bunch of ones to start. They probably also talked to a bunch of people off the record just to gauge interest before they had those, you know, formal interviews where I know some of people kind of mock the funny, Twitter things, we have conducted our interview with so-and-so um, after each one. But I, I think in general, they did the right thing. So when Jim, like to tie it all together, when Jim Harbaugh's name all of a sudden comes up and the finalists were already named, you can't just say that, well, we're now we're not going to interview Jim Harbaugh if Jim Harbaugh has interest in this job, and then let's have an initial conversation and let him, let's do a formal interview. If there's a chance to get Jim Harbaugh, you still have to do that. And the people who are being interviewed and that are being named finalists have to also respect that process. I think a question and a question is, did D'Amico Ryans, did he potentially, was he irked by the fact that a Harbaugh gets brought in or one of these candidates, were they ever irked by the fact, I shouldn't just single out D'Amico, were they ever irked by the fact that 
Harbaugh all of a sudden comes in in the 11th hour and then swoops in and potentially almost steals the job that these guys have been preparing for and wanting to do. Maybe, but that's, I mean, that's just part of an interview process. Remove yourself as a sports fan. Like if you're interviewing for a job, that, that's kind of how it goes. If someone becomes available that you think is the best fit, you have to take that chance and have, have everyone kind of respect that process. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't look at it as the Vikings did it in a, any ill-fated way. What about you, Jeff? Are you good uh, with the process? or? Yes, and here's why. This franchise needs change. Um, to, to your point about um, the need now to start to take shots on quarterbacks, and if, if you're fortunate, uh, you get one immediately who's good. But this team needs a reset. And so the process itself, um, it almost, unless I thought they screwed it up beyond belief, which I don't think that they've done. The process itself was so important to begin that I think that the change, there's there would almost be no change aside from if they had gone out and gotten some moron for a coach who I would have said, hold on a second here. Um the fact is, if this now leads to significant roster changes, which I think it will, this is what they had to do. This is what they, you could no longer continue to try to pound the GM, coach, and roster and say, okay, just one more chance, right? Like yeah. that chance was 2021. It failed miserably. It's done. But the process does not annoy me because they are taking some definite chances here. Like they might be wrong. Who knows? But they have to do it. They have to do it. Yeah, I would say, so I'll I'll preface what I'm about to say by saying that I am in on Kevin O'Connell. I'm excited for a new era of Vikings football. And and I am generally happy that they went with an offensive-minded guy. And if you can somehow tap into even like 75 or 80% of Sean McVay's brilliant photographic memory offensive mind. I watched another TikTok video last night. Of him just like recalling specific plays, you know, being quizzed, right? It's ridiculous. So weird. So I'm in on Kevin O'Connell, right? My my reservation about the Vikings process is, and I know that you have reported that they did have some sort of back channel conversation with Doug Peterson, but there are guys out there who have coached teams to Super Bowls with offensive backgrounds. Doug Peterson, Jim Harbaugh was in your building today. And Ultimately, for whatever reason, whether it's you're, wor- you're worried about the way things blew up for both those guys at the end of their tenures in San Francisco and Philadelphia, or you're worried about the price of Jim Harbaugh, whatever it is, instead of going established offensive guys who've been quarterback whispers and have been to Super Bowls, and Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl, you're going with a 36-year-old, totally unproven head coaching commodity here, and you're yep. rolling the dice. And I and, and I kind of love it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm GM definitely, too. I'm in. Yep. I'm in, but I just I just wonder what led them to this instead of a couple of the offensive minds that are already proven and established and have been to the Super Bowl before. And I I also would say I'm curious as to why they didn't interview Byron Leftwich, Eric Bieniemy, there's a couple like Brian Dable, sure. there's there's some other offensive names out there that are like, "Why didn't you interview those guys?" Uh, but ultimately they had a connection. Quasi had a connection to Kevin O'Connell. So that's right. that's kind of my one, like, I don't know. Well, and and this um, O'Connell move actually with the hiring of Quasi makes sense now, right? Because, I mean, Quasi's a guy that comes from a background which is very unfootball-like. Um, and his experience, while impressive, is very short-lived. 
So like they are, they are taking a gamble. They are, but the problem is they're coming from a position of the devil that they knew had grown really old. And that was football guy with binders who like tried hard, but I mean, Rick was, you know, I got all these tests. I give these guys and, and Mike was, you know, by the end, get off my lawn, Kirk, Mike. Mm -hmm. And so, so they are taking a definite chance. All of that being said, I think they almost in some ways need to. And, and if it causes the detonation of the roster, I expect, I applaud that. I'm very, I'm very, very tired of the status quo with that team. To what extent? Cause I think you and I are in different boats for 2022. I do not advocate for a full on tank in 2022. I know that like that's what the Bengals did. And that's sometimes that's your quickest path to bounce, to bounce back or to get the quarterback that you want. I think you can get a quarterback. You might even be able to get Malik Willis like fifth or sixth and trade up for him if you want him this year. Sure. But I don't think they need to strip it all down and win three games. I still look to compete, but with an eye on 2023, I'm not going to be sacrificing, you know, what I could do in 2023, 24, but it sounds like you're advocating for a full on tank in 2022. No, I'm actually not. I, I am advocating for a seismic shift to a team that is a team. And and to talented, possibly not big name players who are your future. Um, I don't even think, that, despite the, the fact that it has certainly come up since the Flores lawsuit yesterday, I don't even think a purposeful tank in football can be done. Like it's a different yeah, sport. Sure, you you got to offer your coach on a hundred thousand yeah, dollars per I mean, loss. That's how yeah, you do it. And, and but but it's still <laughs> it's still hard to do. But I mean, one part, one thing that I don't think that has been discussed nearly enough in the disintegration of the 2021 Vikings is the fact this was not a team. This was individuals, some of whom were very talented, but they were not a team. They didn't work like a team. They didn't act like a team. And so I'm not saying, well, just pick up a bunch of scrubs from the XFL and get crappy. I'm saying make whatever moves you feel are necessary, one, to start to build for 2000. 23 that's fine and that does not mean that you can't win games immediately you certainly can and the other thing too to our point about the cap to start to create as much cap as you possibly can get your hands on for march of 23 because the thing about this is this does not need to be a long process and if you hit on the quarterback it changes immediately i just I think the staleness of the Vikings that I had grown so tired of, it started, you know, with with Rick for sure, GM, coach, but yeah. the locker room too. That team was stale. That team by this past year, there is no question that team was stale and they didn't play like a team. And this is a sport where you've got to be a team. Yeah. I, I also think, because we talk a lot on this show about, you got Justin Jefferson. You're two years in. He's one of the great wide receivers through, for, through two years in NFL history. So he's got three more years left on his rookie scale contract. You know, first round picks get five year deals. And you don't want to continue to make him feel like Stefan Diggs felt a few years ago. I think, I don't know what he would have thought about the Jim Harbaugh hire. I think Justin, Je- this is a great hire for yes, Justin Jefferson. I'm totally with you on that. This is a guy that's going to prioritize making sure not from an ego standpoint, making sure that he gets the ball, like, you know, Terrell Owens and whatever, like strategically getting him the ball, 
and not just like playing catch up in the second half of the season because he forgot about him for a month and a half, right? But like and not actually, a game where he has five targets. Yes. Oh, he only had five targets in that game. We'll have to get him more next game. Yep. yep. And real quick, to your point about cap space for 2023, in terms of contracts that are on the books for 2023, and there's a couple here that you could tweak, like Harrison Smith, Thielen, there's, yep. those are easily tweakable. Even without tweaking those, the Vikings are set with $73 million in projected cap space. And I haven't compared that to the rest of the teams. It's probably not number one by any means, but when's the last time the Vikings had actual cap space? It's always no, felt like long you're just digging out from underneath, you know, Peterson and and Mike didn't want to Mike didn't want to lose guys and so you know Rob find a way find a way which Rob could but then it, the bill came due and, and I believe it's after um the coming season that Justin Jefferson is eligible for an extension mm-hmm. which I would pounce on like I would clear out cap space and be like what do you want um because he's special but yeah this is this is I I I think 22 should be spent remolding this franchise in the shape that it should be in and and as far as re uh redoing the culture and if you win games great and if if you don't you don't Mm -hmm. but i would want to hit march of 2023 um running absolutely running and and if you get the quarterback right there is no reason why 2023 you can't be with basically a new look Super competitive. By the way, not to buzzkill this, but uh, so the Vikings are set with $73 million in cap space for, for two seasons from now, or so like a, a year from now. Sure. It's still bottom five. It's Is still it really? bottom five. Yeah. Got to get more. Dude, the, well, you do. You do. Get more. The, the Jaguars and the Raiders and the Dolphins are both on pace to have $170 million in cap space. Got to get more, though. Now, there's going to be, that's going to change, but. Yeah, I think um, I think the biggest message that the Vikings are sending here the, the, the last three weeks with their general manager hire and their head coaching hire is even though we were tempted by some splashy names out there, this is about innovation and the best way to construct a winning football program in 2022, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. We're not reaching back. And listen, I was on the Harbaugh wagon, so I'll raise my hand. But they're not reaching back into the past. They're not looking to just win the biggest headlines. They're very comfortable bringing in a non-household name in both of those positions to get the football ops right and on track and modern, right? All of those things. They're... The national attention that would have been on this franchise if they would have hired Jim Harbaugh, I mean, they would have been, they would have gone from being a complete flyover team in 2021 to being like one of the five most interesting national stories, right? Primetime they don't, games. they don't, and they care about that, yeah. but like, they don't care about it. Well, they shouldn't. They want to win games and they want to win Super Bowls, and they know that the current structure of things is not on a Super Bowl trajectory. And so I commend them for saying, you know what? We're going we're gonna to eat our broccoli here. We know that these two potentially non-sexy hires to the masses, non-household names, are the two guys that can ideally bring them to actual Super Bowl contention. And this takes, this takes big brass ones, too. Because if, if they're wrong, it's going to be a disaster. Um, but if they're right, it's going to, to a certain point, uh, 
I think especially from the GM's chair, reset how teams think, right? Mm-hmm. Because we, we've had teams go sort of in this direction more and more, but I think Quazy's the first like full-on research and development guy, what, five years ago, six, eight years back, and now he is the GM of, of a team. So, I mean, this takes, this takes a lot of guts because if they're wrong, it's going to be bad. And if they're, they're right, it's going to cause a difference. But now, to me now, the key, key question is this. Can you find the quarterback either yeah. through the draft? And, and here's the one thing to keep in, in mind. So as intrigued as we might be by some of the draft prospects in the 2022 quarterback class, the thing to keep in mind is these guys might sit down and say, yeah, it's good. Not, it's not bad. 2023 is really good though. Yeah. So the general, the general consensus is 2022 is, is, yeah, yeah it's okay. Although uh, I'll take Malik Willis and I'll roll the dice on Malik Willis and, and Kevin O'Connell molding him. But your point about Phil, a bridge QB is very possible. Um, Cause I, I just really think with this, with these two coming in to run things, I think they're going to get an offer for Kirk. They can't refuse. I agree. I, I, you know, I look at the stats. The stats are good. Uh, the team teams are desperate. Everybody's going to think I can fix him. I don't agree with that, but that's fine. I don't care about that. Um, and I think that there's going to be an offer that two pretty smart young guys are probably going to say, we're going to regret it if we don't make this trade because Kirk's never going to get us to where we ultimately one day want to be. Yeah. You know, I just pulled up a list here and we'll, and I'm sure we'll do deep dive episodes on this in the, in the coming weeks, but just for fun here, if they decided organizationally, all right, we're going to trade Kirk. We think we can get a first round pick because there's so much demand and the supply. I don't think Derek Carr is going anywhere now. Josh McDaniels reportedly loves Derek Carr. I agree with this. So Aaron Rodgers might go. Russell Wilson might go. There's, but there's like eight, nine, ten teams looking for a quarterback that can help them get to that next level and make the playoffs or whatever. Steelers, Panthers, Broncos, you know, right? Forty ers Colts, etc. So there's going to be bidding wars that go above and beyond the actual value of these quarterbacks. I mean, hell, the Vikings traded a first round pick for Sam Bradford because they were desperate five years ago. It happens. I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford garnered a haul from from uh, the Rams. So if you trade Cousins and you wind up with $35 million in cap space and a blank canvas, I draft Malik Willis. I trade up to get Malik Willis. But there's plenty of interesting bridge guys out there that won't cost you $30 million to sign. I'm looking at unrestricted quarterback free agents. Jameis Winston. Sitting out there for a year, probably not going to cost you a lot of money. He's also a former number one overall pick. Teddy Bridgewater, you could do worse than Teddy Bridgewater as a pun intended bridge quarterback, right? Marcus Mariota, and even Tyrod Taylor. Like, there's dudes out there for a year right. or two that are year. professional guys, even a couple guys with some major upside, yep, like Jameis Winston. Uh, I mean, I don't want him, but Mitch Trubisky is a guy that people think is uh, because he finally got to spend some time with that innovative, you know, Bills coaching staff. But yep. there are dudes out there that might not be as good as Kirk Cousins, who, by the way, is like the 12th or 14th best quarterback in the league. So let's not act like he's something that he's not. And then you get to mold a young quarterback and build out the rest of your offensive line. I mean, the prospects here are very interesting. 
what they could do the next two months. Yeah, and I think that that if you can get a first round pick for Kirk, you jump at it. You absolutely. Oh my god, jump. it's a no brainer. Yeah. But I mean, I I don't know. I honestly, because I'm sure we'll we'll get some notes now. Oh, that's crazy. They're not going to get a first round pick for Kirk. Don't be so sure of that. I am. I. I'm pretty convinced that you're going to get a good draft pick for him. And Dude, there, there's buzz that the Niners could get a first for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, so you're going to te- get a teams first. Teams are desperate. Exactly, exactly. But uh, And look, you know what, too? I mean, th- this is basically potentially a, a new life um, for Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond now can find out. I mean, Kellen Mond was, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Ostracized? I mean, Kellen Mond was persona Abandoned. non non grata like he like what was kellen mon's development they put the poor kid in in green bay and bitched oh. about i i don't did, did you see him play i see him play all the time like i have no idea kellen mon might stink he might be the worst qb of all time but he certainly did not get a fair shake he should at least be the backup now so there's a lot of, of things but I, but i really think the number one goal is that you now have an ability to have to to make this a new era of Vikings football. It sounds cliched, but I think it's important. I really do. I do. I agree. I'm just just trying to find some more information here. So Tom Pelissero saying, it's not a whole lot new here, but he said the Vikings met with Jim Harbaugh for nine hours today. So nine hours. Dude, they had nine hours with Pat Graham yesterday and nine hours with Jim Harbaugh today. What are you asking him? God. Like, is there a bright light you're shining in his face at some point? Did you do it? Did you do it? (laughs) Tell me what you did. It's Good intense. cop, bad cop. Did I'm you sorry, order the code red? I'm sorry about my partner I want there. The Mr. Truth. Brzezinski gets a little bit hot. I'm, I'm a, do, do you need a coffee or a pop or something? Can I get I, you a surly? I want uh, the know, truth about what happened in San Francisco. I'm sorry about my partner there. He's just a bit of a hothead. Uh, Harbaugh returns to Ann Arbor and Kevin O'Connell soon is expected to head to Minnesota. How about Kevin O'Connell? He interviewed like what last Monday or something? I think it was on Monday. So well, yeah, they, for, you know, forty-five or Sunday or no? They, Monday, no, he, they, they flew Sunday. to Los Angeles on Monday and talked to Raheem Morris and O'Connell, and then they were gonna talk to D'Amico Ryan's on Tuesday by flying to the Bay Area. He said no thanks, so they came back here and talked to Graham on Tuesday. And then yeah. Harbaugh today. Yeah. So. um that's it, man. Kevin O'Connell is the Vikings head coach, according to multiple reports. Just a crazy amount of people that are hanging out with us here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. What's our right number? Uh, it looks like there's almost 5,000 people that are watching right at this moment. Yeah, hope you're all, if you're thirsty. You oh, tell them. Tell them what they should be drinking. If right you're now. thirsty, and I always implore you folks, all 5,000 people out there to drink responsibly, um, surly furious IPA, but hold on a second. Cause I'm not done yet because I do want to tell you guys that the first surly variety pack of 2022 it's Christmas. It's out. It's out now. Of course, it's got my favorite beer, the Zolgad signature furious, but also we're talking havoc machine. We're talking ghost empire, dark lager and hyper modern Idaho seven IPA. Let me tell you just quickly about the ghost empire, dark lager. Multi-sweetness plus a, uh, a touch of hops equals a scary good dark lager. Pick it up. A lot of people demanding that you chug that beer Stone Cold Steve Austin style. Uh, I'm sorry. I cannot do that. Okay. I can't what what needs to happen for you to, to do the Stone Cold Steve Austin two beers right over your head? 
Well, first of all, that would be a waste of surly. I can't. I don't feel right <laughs> about that. Like, because there's no, because it'd just be on me. I'd be trying to chug it, but I couldn't. Yeah. I feel that's a poor use of surly. <laughs> um, we can start answering some questions here too from people if we, if you guys have questions specifically about either Harbaugh or Kevin O'Connell. And if you're just joining us, Harbaugh gone out, no offer, and Kevin O'Connell is the new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Um, some reckless speculation here from Skull for Spartus. Trade Kirk to Carolina, swap first-round picks, and draft Malik Willis. Reckless speculation. I'll hit you with the sounder here. You deserve it for that. Reckless you know what? I'm all in on Malik Willis. What's Carolina's all picking? In. Pick. Like What's Carolina? Like the seventh. Let's see here. Let's I pull up tankathon.com. You know what? I wouldn't put it past Carolina to make a trade. But it's true, though. Yes, they are. I don't think they would, but I'm not well, positive. They're, they're on the hunt for a quarterback for yeah. sure. So uh, yeah, they have the sixth overall pick. So Kirk My would have God. to sign. So Kirk would have to agree to an extension before they pull the trigger on that trade. But once yeah. he did, yeah. and wait, so Kirk to the Panthers, the sixth pick to the Vikings, and then the twelfth pick goes to the Panthers, right? So yes. Kirk and your one for their one. Wait, so you're saying? I'm oh, saying you're your. Saying... I'm saying your first round pick and Kirk Cousins to the Panthers for the sixth pick. Because okay. Kirk, I think Kirk alone for the sixth pick won't get the deal done. How about how about Kirk? How about Kirk in the second round pick? Do you think they would do it, Kirk in a second for that sixth overall? That's a good question. Or maybe they kick back like a second or a third. So you swap oh, I like first that. Round picks I like that they, more. They kick back a third. I think they'd want your first round pick back. And I can guarantee you that this third round pick, whoever it is, will play more than Mike Zimmer played Rick's third round pick. Wyatt Davis, where are you, man? You got to be the happiest. <laughs> you and Kellen Mond got to be the happiest guys alive. A gray forager here uh, in the YouTube comment section. What will it take for fans to stop overrating this team? I I do sense that it's you know it's I think every fan base does it where right. Vegas will tell you it's like seven and a half. The over under is like seven and a half, and no, it's eleven, right? <laughs> and we probably do that too. I do yeah. that for sure. Hard not to. But it does feel like with the Jim Harbaugh thing, a lot of fans have said, "Well, you just if you." If, or even independent of Jim Harbaugh, if you can just get a better coach than Zimmer, this team is a championship caliber team. It's not. It's the, the cornerbacks are weak. That's the true. linebackers yep. are aging. Yep. You know, but Daniel Hunter would have games, Phil. Forty percent of the offensive line shouldn't be starting. So it's now these are things you can fix in the next couple off seasons. But yeah, yeah, we probably need to be a little bit more realistic here. Uh, Zeke Moss, is there a possibility where O'Connell ends up not accepting the head coaching job? I don't think this gets out to this Goes extent. Goes Josh McDaniels? Yeah. Oh, I'm putting together a staff. Oh you know what? I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Well, you can just hire Graham you then. Imagine? You just keep going down the list. <laughs> Eventually call poor D'Amico Ryan's back. Hey, I know you withdrew from the process, but we'd like you now. I see a few people shouting out for OC and DC predictions. You think there's a chance they could get I would love Vic Fangio. Young offensive-minded head coach. Yeah. Didn't Sean McVay do that with Wade Phillips? Yeah. Young yes. offensive-minded head coach. Bring in the old grizzled, if hey, you, you get him. to run the defense guy. If you pay him, yes. Totally see that. Bring Mike Zimmer back to run the defense? No. Oh. God. <laughs> Not looking on that. Any, um, off- any offensive coordinators out there? I mean, it's so it's so hard to tell. I'd have to go look and it's see somebody this guy's going to know well, though. Like that, it might not be a, a name that excites us. Yeah, I'd have, it, I, I'm going to spend some time kind of digging through. Like, it's going to be a, and... it's going to be a guy O'Connell knows and trusts. Yeah, it doesn't. 
I don't think it's going to for sure be a name that we recognize. Uh, that disappointed Vikings fan. Phil, what's your opinion on the Phil Sucky Twitter account? Listen, I think I would say this. Brilliant, brilliant avatar. Just a great-looking avatar. I've gotten confused a few times. I've almost pulled some of his tweets. So, so. <laughs> Wow. You should. You should start it. pulling Phil Sucky tweets for the Score North yeah, account. See what I happens. do that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, three to four year rebuild. No, is it, doesn't that have it? Be, it doesn't have to be that. It doesn't have to be that. You got to now. Now, if you don't find your quarterback, there's going to be trouble. But if you do this right, I think it's a two. I think it's a year probably where it's not great. I, I think 2023 should be an upswing year uh, and 24. You'll, you should be in really good shape. Mm-hmm. But if you don't find your quarterback, yeah, then it's a problem for sure. Alex Heitlinger says, which current Vikings staff do you think O'Connell will keep? Andre Patterson tends to stick around. Andre Patterson's a guy a lot of people like and because he's respected. Um, part of this is going to come down to, uh, to if O'Connell is paranoid <laughs> because lots of times new coaches will fire assistant coaches, including ones who are good, because they don't want the old guy staff there, right? I think Keenan McCardell stays. It sounds like wide, done a wide great receivers job. coach. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Patterson, perhaps um, McCardell, but Patterson's how old too? He's got to be in his sixties by now. He might, yeah, he might be close 60. to being like, uh, I think I'm going to go watch some football. Oh, you think he's going to retire? I don't know. I mean, I think he's a lifer, man. Okay. I think they should try to keep Pat him. Shermer for DC. No, he, he would be OC. And I don't know. I, I think O'Connell's going to, target an OC that he he knows well and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a guy around his age too I don't think he's gonna bring in an I I think Phil that your banjo idea might be right I think he's I think he very well could bring in an established defensive coordinator but I don't think he's going to bring in like an established OC because he's gonna want his beliefs to probably to probably supersede you know, it, it wouldn't be, be like, hey, North Turner, why don't you tell me what you know about offense? Because I, I know a lot myself. So, yeah, I yeah, I think I agree. It's going to be it's going to be someone as kind of a partner in crime. And because yeah. so, I think I'm assuming he's going to call the plays again. We we talked earlier that it, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense. He's probably going to call the plays. And so At you're going to want someone in there to be kind of your offensive assistant, okay. you know, clock management guy. That's my key hire. Yeah. don't screw up the clock and don't use your timeouts in the second half wrong. <laughs> Seriously. Um, let's see here. What else we got here? Uh, Matt Gannon says trade Dalvin cook. See, here's the thing. You don't really, I don't think you get a lot of cap relief this year yeah. by trading Dalvin cook. You're still be eating no. so much dead cap that it doesn't really make sense. I think you ride him for another year and I think see Dalvin, where his body's at. If I'm not mistaken of Thielen, Dalvin, Harrison Smith, uh, Kirk, I think Dalvin saves you the least, and and I think and I think um, aside from Kirk, the rest of those guys, if you trade them, it needs to be dated post June first mm-hmm. to save a ton. Uh, but I don't think Dalvin saves you a ton. Mm-hmm. I checked that out a couple weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure that's what I found. Yeah, that's accurate. Uh, Delton Vincent, what has Kevin O'Connell done that was so special in Washington? Well, Washington, it's hard to tell. I mean, that organization is a dumpster fire always and was. So it's a lot of that. That's the thing. It, like, j- there's a lot of hidden gem coaches that coach for bad organizations. I mean, at one point, a three win Washington team had Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and Matt LaFleur 
all on the same offensive coaching staff. Yep. And, and they Jay, were three and thirteen. Jay Gruden coaching them, right? Yeah. So Zim's buddy. Just because you were on bad teams doesn't mean that you were a bad coach necessarily. Right. And O'Connell, look, I, I mean, flat out, he is almost certainly being hired here because he comes from the McVay tree. Yeah. Like, like this is what teams were. Was that three years back now? Two years back? LaFleur got a job. Kingsbury. I mean, you if you got a cup of Starbucks with Sean, you got a job. Um so I, br- that, I brushed by him in airport yeah, security. But I mean that's I that's a... why. Let's not let's not act like, oh man, Kevin O'Connell, I went to a camp with him once, and I'm gonna tell you he is a soothsayer. We don't know that. But I mean, these guys are largely getting at least in front of the people that own teams because of an association with a guy who's had a lot of success. Yeah. Hey, Mike Florio just tweeted out, Pro Football Talk, I would have rolled the dice with Jim Harbaugh. The Sean McVay assembly line will still be there if it hadn't worked out. Do you think the Vikings kind of chickened out a little bit on Jim Harbaugh? Do you think spending, spending you know, seven, eight, nine hours with him and they're kind of like, Ugh. I think, I think that ultimately a lot of people that mattered and had an important voice, starting with the Wilfs, were very concerned from day one about the fact that Harbaugh seemed seemed like he was too much like Mike as far as the old school goes. And and the stories from San Fran weren't flattering. Mm-hmm. So yes, I um now if Quasi flat out said we gotta offer Harbaugh and they're like, no, you can't, that's a problem. Uh so as as we learn more, it's going to be interesting to see how this played out but when you get up there phil on january 10th and are like we're going to have cohesion and like-minded thinking yeah i think it's hard i think it's hard two weeks after that to be like and we just hired jim harbaugh yeah no that's well then i guess because the other thread this week has been that it, it wasn't the wills that were pushing for the big splash it was it was actually quasi that Quasi was pushing. like harbaugh so if quasi had harbaugh number one and and who knows? We may never fully know. Like he's yep. not going to certainly come out and say, "Well, uh, so I had Harbaugh number one, but uh, my new boss is over here and put the kibosh on it, so we settled for Kevin." Yeah, you know, like he's not going to say that. But let's say something like that happened. How does that play? This is the first, basically, the first like week that, of of, of Quasi's. Then I don't like it. If 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 he said, "I want Jim Harbaugh," I understand the risks, but I was in the building when that whole thing melted down, yes. and Trent Balky was the one that was at fault for this. I can deal with Jim Harbaugh. Let's make this happen. And the Wilfs, because of a minority owner, this Jim Stapleton guy, and maybe Jed York is still making phone calls around the league trying to blackball Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. If they said, Quasey, let's let's go with let's go with Kevin here. Okay. Let's it's okay. We'll give you a year if you need to to lose some games. I don't love that look either. If I'm the Wilfs you. put the kibosh on it, that doesn't sit right with me. Oh, I agree completely. Yeah, if if you hired a GM and empowered him, and then we're like, yeah, but we don't like your your first idea, not so good. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, look, these guys have, I think they've done a lot of good good things, but they have definitely made mistakes, including apparently allowing their previous GM and coach to not talk for weeks or months in a meaningful way. And not being aware of that completely, which to me is a huge problem. Um, so, yeah, if they if they said, "All right, we'll talk to Jim," and then they're like, "We ain't, we are not going 
to do this. That's a problem. But this is also why you don't say, um, I think what you say when you fire Rick and Mike is we're going to go hire the best person possible. I don't think you put the parameters on, on a new world. That might be privately what you think, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes out people potentially who could be good. Yeah. But they needed a change. And that to me is the most important thing. Like you Gar- can't go on the way they were. Garage 1211 asks, what could the Vikings get for Adam Thielen? He's in his early thirties. There's about five, just to put some context on this. There's like five or six veteran players all over the age of 30 or around 30 that make a bunch of money. And if you're looking for 2023 and you're looking to stockpile some draft picks, assets, I mean, he's on that list. You got KJ Osborne too, as a, as a guy that could step in and be the number two wide receiver. Look up the Patriots draft picks because that's where I'm sending them. Bill would love this guy. Bill would love this guy. And Bill guy. can't find a wide receiver, right? And, like they have, they yeah. have a hard and Bill time. and this guy got in a shouting match because they're both so competitive. That's right. But I mean, Adam Thielen, is he not a Patriot? Let's see here. Oh, absolutely. He is a Patriot. So the Patriots. Oh, and this is a mock draft. I have to scroll through all the actual picks here. Uh, let me find it. I mean, they're not, they're not going to get a first-round pick, but I'm just saying it would be the Patriots draft, draft picks that I would look at. Okay, so they pick 21st. And then... Dang it, I just want a list of draft picks. That's all I want. I just want to see... They have the... Let's see here. 21st, 54th, 85th, 125th. So they have a first, a second, a third... A fourth, and then they have okay. a six from the Rams. Matt, that is it. I mean, this guy that. would help Mac Jones a lot, though. I'd like a second round pick if I could get it for him. I could see. Not it. sure you'd get it, but he is I mean, a patriot. He's a gotta, patriot through and through, and I'd love to give him a chance to win a Super Bowl. You got to lift up Mac Jones somehow. That, that's uh, my whole thing now. Super Bowls for everybody. <laughs> Harrison Smith, I want you to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Eric Kendricks, I want you to win one too. Yeah, and then we can bring you back. We'll get you in the Ring of Honor. Oh, you're the great. Ring of Honor. Lonnie Gomez says, would you want to extend Kirk if he took a pay cut? So I know we've talked about this a lot, but just for, for this show here. Uh, Let's say just, oh, sorry, one more thing of context here. Yeah. So there has been, in NFL history, going back to, well, salary cap history, modern salary cap, going back to like the early 90s, so 25, almost 30 years. No team has won a Super Bowl with a quarterback making more than 13% of the salary cap. Now, the Rams are spending like some ungodly percentage, like 25% on Goff's dead money and Stafford, so they could buck the trend in kind of a roundabout way. To get under the 13% number, Kirk's contract would have to go from a $45 million cap hit this year to $26 million. And then you'd have to kick money in on an extension and guarantee money for two more years. So it'd be a bit, you'd basically be like grinding his money. He'd get all of his money at some point, but you'd be pushing a ton of money into 2023-24. They're not ready to win a Super Bowl in 2022. I'm sorry. So I'm out. And I am on the record as saying Kirk Cousins will never win a Super Bowl. He won't. He's not wired to. He's not wired to. Um. He's got ability, but he doesn't have the mental mindset. So, no, I'm out. Yeah, also, I see just one more here. We'll do a bunch of Kirk Cousins stuff in the coming weeks. But 
you know, Kevin Cannon says Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback. Hard to find. He's not a top 10 quarterback. If you want to look at like traditional passer rating, he's 14th in QBR. He's 14th in uh, EPA. He's just outside the top 10. Yes, I agree. He's like 12th. And we, by the way, there's only 32 teams. So when we say top 10, he's like fringe top 10 at best. Why would you want to pay the 10th, 11th, or you know 14th what? best quarterback 20% of your salary cap? It's a recipe to win eight games. I agree. Arif Hassan's piece on Cousins a couple days back is a must read. Mm-hmm. It does a marvelous job of of sort of painting what we talk about with, with um, statistics, and it goes down a path of exactly what the problem is with Kirk. And I'm... It is the fact that he is not mentally wired to win a Super Bowl. You can't need perfection as bad as Kirk does. And that story does a great job of really painting the picture of the perfection that Kirk needs and win a Super Bowl. Can't do it. Yeah, it was. it's a wonderful article by Arif Hassan, The Athletic. You guys want to check it out. And my biggest takeaway, so he used statistics and also quotes and anecdotes from Kirk and Kirk's book and people around Kirk to paint the picture of when things are perfect and structured and planned, he's really good. But when it comes down to taking calculated risks and when it comes down to improvising off script or dealing with moments of crisis or pressure, when things go haywire, which they oftentimes do when you're playing the best teams in the NFL on the road in the playoffs that he short circuits and and it's backed up with stats. It's backed up with great anecdotes and it's kind of everything we've been talking about. He's not trash or garbage. No one's saying that. He's not worthless or any of those things. I mean, he's he's one of the 15 best quarterbacks in the world, but he thrives when conditions are perfect. And you don't yep. that's that's a myth. You don't you don't get you get that at noon on a Sunday against the Lions, and that's fine. You don't get it on January whatever, 19th on the road in a playoff game against the 49ers or against the Buccaneers or somebody. You don't and the, and the most important thing is it's in his brain, so he's not it's not changing. It can't be rewired at this point. You can't, you've got no chance of saying things are going to break down, but it's going to be fun because he thinks too much risk, too much risk. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm out there. Um, and I do think that you have to, the most important thing that these two can do now and have to do is find the replacement. And it has been a long time since this franchise had a young quarterback who we were really optimistic about. So let's, let's go through this one again here. So Brian says O'Connell new Vikings head coach, a former quarterback, was Washington's quarterback's coach in 2017, Kirk Cousins' last season there. We're keeping Cousins. I hate it. What's the percent chance that they keep Cousins, that Cousins is the starting quarterback week one of 2022? Uh, With this current staff, with Kwesi and O'Connell, I'm going to put it at um, now like 15%. Like they're not going to think like that. Mm -hmm. They're not going – O'Connell's not going to go to Quasi and say, I worked with this guy in Washington and you're not going to believe what we're Quasi is going to say. And I'm, I'm sure that, that this has been talked about. Quasi is going to say, Kevin, we're going to find a guy and you're going to help me. Um, but I am going to make a very, take a step back here and, and make a very non-passionate decision that Kirk Cousins eats too much cap space and, and, why would you want to ride with Rick's guy? Like, this is your chance. This is your chance to put a stamp on things, right? And there's no more important position to put a stamp on. Um, I don't think Kevin O'Connell, who, by the way, oversaw a season from Kirk to go back 
that wasn't that great. It's not a great Kirk year. I don't think he's going to ride in on a white horse and be like, this is my guy. And and it's important to remember that this new crop of, of executives and coaches don't think like, that was my guy. I worked with that guy for a long time and we rode buses. I mean, that's the old school thinking. These guys are going to make a very statistically sound decision based on the facts, not based on the the, the fact that O'Connell and Kirk got um, got some weird stake together in Washington five years back that was like <laughs> super like did, didn't have a, what a grill mark on it or that was, was weird that was, that was you know yeah, was people see Kirk. like UFOs and wonder what that was that was yeah what was the man that? takes a brick out of a thing that? right or puts one stone. in he puts a stone stone yeah like he's counting down the days to his death he's a weird guy yeah thank you yeah so I don't um, think they're keeping him. I yeah I Harbaugh I think it's zero, dude. I think it's zero. Wow, they they do not keep him. Yeah. I thought Harbaugh made me think twice because I'm like, oh, Harbaugh made me think twice too. I, yeah, they, I he would that. probably come in and want some some certainty at that position and yeah. and want to okay, win, but not anymore. It doesn't make sense anymore. I, I and I get that it it makes you think a little like oh, O'Connell did have a relationship with Kirk. He was his coach for a while, but you're not guaranteed a second crack at being a head coach and a GM. So if this is your only shot. And you might only have three or four years to prove yourself before they fire you. Why would you sign up for Kirk's track record, the team track records that he's? You know, it's 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 high floor, low ceiling. That's his whole career. He's gonna. Hey, if you want to avoid going, you know, four and thirteen, he's your guy. But if you also want to avoid being an actual contender, he's your guy. And I don't know why you'd want to sign up for that for three years of an extension. If you're either one of these guys running this organization, so they're gonna want to, they're gonna want to craft their own thing. Dex, I say it's forty percent. He's still here. That he's wow. still here and he stays. Um, I until we really start parsing apart their comments, we get closer to the draft, we get closer to what they want to do. I don't think we can definitively say he is one. He has a fifteen percent chance that he's here. Or he's a zero percent chance that he's gone. I think it's still likely with his cap hit and with. Yeah, it's so difficult too. To just assume we can get that first or second round pick for Kirk. I know the going rate for Wentz was a first round pick. I know Matt Stafford and Jared Goff were swapped for picks. But there's also lessons learned and did the other teams still want to do that just because past teams did it. So I actually still think there's a good chance that he stays here. But personally, do I want him here? No. I want nothing to do with him. But I, I think it's more likely he stays. I will say I don't I don't care. I it, it I'd like it to be a first round pick. If it's a third or a fourth, I still make the trade. Like if you yep. negotiate with six teams and for whatever reason, the bidding war that you thought would exist for the few quarterbacks that are on the market potentially just doesn't happen, I would still take a third or a fourth round pick just to be gone. Just I'm good. Thank you. Go try somewhere else. When it comes to quarterbacks, it's like love. People make stupid decisions over and over. I mean, it's the it's a trigger position. So it's not one where people learn. I think that there's always stupid teams. Uh, the second thing is, I actually think O'Connell's association with Kirk hurts Kirk. Because if you know Kirk, you know Kirk. And if you don't, you think, I can fix Kirk. Kirk Cousins, I've seen the tape. I can fix him. He played against my team. I really liked him. Uh, I think anybody that knows Kirk, actually sees through who he is and knows the faults. Cause here's, here's the thing about Kirk. That's so seductive and dangerous. It's not the player. It's the person. So if you spend a year with Kirk, you know more. And I think O'Connell knows more. Um, and, and 
I don't think that you can be comfortable employing a quarterback who is so afraid of risk that he will hurt his team. So I, I think the O'Connell Association will lead him to tell Quazy, let's get out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And if you start to look at the list of teams that are going to need quarterbacks, so the, the, and some of this depends on what the Buccaneers want to do too. Do they want to try to contend again? Or are they just going to yeah, rebuild? But the Buccaneers, the Broncos, the Giants, these, again, these are teams that are almost certainly looking to upgrade from their current quarterback situation to become playoff contenders or Super Bowl contenders. And even though Judd and I aren't, and Dex, you're not super high on Kirk either, but like, just because we aren't super high doesn't mean that another team might not look and say, God, if we could upgrade from, you know, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater to Kirk Cousins, we could be in the playoffs in a tough division where there's better quarterbacks, right? The Panthers look and say, man, we are like kind of competitive with nothing at quarterback. What if we had Kirk? Exactly. It's where the Vikings kind of were saying, I don't know, Case Keenum is probably going to turn into a pumpkin. We just need a guy like Kirk. And the so there are teams. Broncos are like, no, no, he's going to be great. We're going to sign him and start him. You're right. The Browns, man, Baker, what a buzzkill. And he's a pain in the ass. He doesn't get along with coaches. Let's bring a guy in here who is uh, who already has a working relationship with Kevin Stefanski, right? Yeah. Steelers. And Stefanski might know, ben. Like, I just think if you're around Kirk, that it it probably sours you. Because, like, you see how risk-adverse Kirk is, right? And how sort of uncomfortable Kirk is. Um, so like, I, I'd be curious if Stefanski likes him more or actually says, eh, I'm good with somebody else. Yeah. Uh, skull Vikings, Xander, do we have any chance at Russell Wilson? You know, it's funny if, if Jim Harbaugh would, would be the head coach, I would have said there's like a 5% chance that they just make a play to straight up upgrade expensive quarterbacks. But yeah, I don't, know. I don't I, think these I, guys are going to Russell Wilson. No, I think like the giants, maybe. I think these guys are going to try and draft or develop a quarterback. Is what I think. Yeah. All right. College guy, seven ninety nine. So he's asking a question that we sort of sparked earlier this week. Trey Lance to the Vikings. Any chance? Kirk, you're twelve. What What did the Niners give up in that trade? Did they give up three first round picks or three draft picks to move up to three to get something like that? that it was. Pick? Yeah, I think. I mean, you they're, they're kind of they're kind of pot committed on Trey Lance, right? And you'd end up giving up more. Yeah, like it might be too rich. I I do think it would be a gift to Kyle though, because Kyle's the one guy that still loves him. I don't know why. I think they'd like to clear out twenty seven million of Jimmy Garoppolo, and just build that roster even more than it already is, and just see what Trey Lance can do. They're so committed to Lance, but I would definitely make that phone call. Hey, Kyle, you've been talking for years about how Kirk's the one that got away. Well, now he's available. Now he's your, here's your chance. What are you thinking? Here's your chance. And it, it's weird that there was a report, I think, on WFAN yesterday. Boomer Siason brought up a rumor that John Lynch might be returning to TV. Now, John Lynch, Lynch of course, denied that emphatically. Hmm. But I wonder if that there's a little bit of dissension behind the scenes between coach and GM about positions like, let's say, quarterback. And if John Lynch bailed and Kyle got more power, that phone call might be real easy to make. Mm. Come on, Kyle. Because because the one thing is it really does feel like the clock is ticking there. Oh, yeah. Like you're going in with Trey Lance, okay, didn't play, your starter now. But it's not like you've got a team that you're building around him. Your team is sort of set. 
think I'd rather put a veteran quarterback in that stew. I'll throw one more bridge quarterback out there that we haven't talked about yet today. Probably wouldn't cost that much to acquire him, and he's got one year left at like, I don't know, $900,000. Gardner Minshew. You trade Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and you, you start a first for or a second round pick. And then you, you trade like a fifth round pick for Gardner Minshew, get a year look at him, work well, with he, an offensive minded guy, draft yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Ashley Campbell says, bring in Jameis Winston for 16 to 18 million. How much money do you think free agent? Jameis looked really good in like what five making, games. What do you uh, make with the Saints? Let me see here. I can find it. Uh, not a lot. It was like, I think it was like five million or something. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't so I don't think you'd have to pay him sixteen to eighteen. I mean, he I mean, he looked he good, but he tore his knee up. He's a, he's a starting yeah, quarterback he's coming off an yeah, but he's coming off a pretty significant what torn ACL MCL. I bet you could get him for cheaper than that. Let's see here. We want him ten. All right, we want free agents, right? Unrestricted free agents here. I just want to find out what old Jameis made. Jameis was at five point five million dollars last year. Yeah, I'm. I'm highly interested. I mean, he's he's definitely an experience in in itself. And yep. He can he can he's proven he can throw thirty interceptions. But in his uh, seven games last year, and these are just sort of basic stats. But he had fourteen passing touchdowns, three interceptions, and uh, threw for he was on pace to throw for like oh three thousand, four thousand yards or something. So. If you're going bridge, I honestly almost don't care like take a shot Jameis Winston Joe take Flacco's a shot a free agent no I don't want to take a shot on Joe Flacco Andy but Dalton's a free agent but oh, Gardner dude, Fitz magic 40 year old Fitz magic he'd be, would be perfect here he'd love blast. it he'd love it here playing indoors great yes. guy shows up at Bill Bill's games with no shirt on <laughs> or or maybe you just start Sean Mannion and give give the fans what what they really clamor for that's Sean what Zim Mannion. wanted he's a great pro <laughs> Kirk to the Browns and oh, Baker man. for a, a year is a scenario we have discussed. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. That all depends on what I get with Baker. I, I need, want, I'm more I, interested in the pick than Baker. Yes. They'd have to give me a pick. A Baker trade, though, but and I don't think the Browns would be prepared to do this. Kirk to the Browns, Baker here needs to be the goth trade for me. I need you to package me more with Baker. Yeah. So like if we're to, hey take a look at Baker we'll take Kirk I'd be like no I need dra- I need a high draft pick yeah um all right I think we should uh, God this has just been what a day it's been here fun Harbaugh watch turned into Kevin well Kyle. it was supposed to be Harbaugh day and then and then momentarily we were all sort of sad but then the Vikings found a new head coach Kevin O'Connell and we'll talk I much wasn't more really about him super sad years. about it but I am disappointed that we don't get to see the experience yeah it would have yeah. been. It would have been fun. So thank you guys for hanging out with us and for, for also for making that Alex Boone episode yesterday where he talked in depth about Jim Harbaugh, the most listened to and or watched episode of Purple Daily ever. And we've got you covered in the coming days. Much more discussion on the future of the Minnesota Vikings. We know who the head coach is, Kevin O'Connell. Got a GM, got a coach. Got to figure out upcoming free agency, quarterback draft, and... um all kinds of things to be discussed here. Our write that down participant today who mocked me, ridiculed me, and predicted the Vikings coach 
would be named by Sunday now is going to be taking an L. Because yes, write is. that down, karma. <laughs> oh my God. You, you know what? You come after sports, Dad? <laughs> write yeah. that down, karma gods come after you. <laughs> oh, man. All right. That is a wrap on this emergency episode of Purple After Dark, Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment. We just wanted to win a Super Bowl before we die. Did you know Nissan EVs have traveled 8 billion miles? Just a quick trip to Pluto and back. And what did we learn along the way? Well, that an EV can take on the world, like the Nissan Leaf. It can move racing forward and take your breath away, like the all-new Nissan Aria. We learned to make EVs that electrify. 8 billion miles driven by Leaf owners globally since 2010. Aria not yet available for purchase. Expected availability late fall. Subject to change.